You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Rapid React Podcast. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you here at BD Peacock on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. I know you have thoughts. I know you have questions. Hit us on Twitter with those. We'll try to filter in some throughout the week. We'll try to go back in and look at some film from this past game, but the game just ended and we are jumping on here to give our immediate reactions from the week four loss to the Seattle Seahawks 28 28- 21. The Seahawks and the 49ers now jockeying for that third slash fourth place in the division at 2-2, two and two, both of these teams. By the way, Niners 2-0 and oh on the road, 0-2 oh at home to start the season. Now dropping back-to-back games to the Packers and Seahawks. Crocs, uh, Croc, what is your first thought here as this game ends? Because, man, uh, it couldn't have started better for the 49ers, dominating on defense, the defensive line. Garoppolo, perfect nearly on the first drive, going down, scoring, and then it just all fell apart. It just all fell apart. And then, as we know, Garoppolo left the game with a calf injury, and the second half belonged to Trey Lance. So we've got a lot to talk about here with the quarterbacks and how this game went for the 49ers. Yeah, I thought the first half, and I kind of tweeted out, and I talked about it a little bit on Spaces. I went on Twitter Spaces, and it was the best worst first half I had ever seen. (laughs) Uh, the best because I thought from offense and defense perspective, I mean, they came out and they were firing on all cylinders, just how they came out, like what it looked like. The offense was moving the ball. They were getting first downs. They were getting uh, chunk plays. You talked about Garoppolo coming out the gates. First drive, he was like six for six with a touchdown. There was a nice throw to Dwelly, gave him an opportunity to make a catch downfield. All that looked terrific. Defense came out, had three sacks on the first three drives for um, – on third downs for uh, against Russell Wilson, I thought that was terrific. But then it was the worst because that that was it, and the 49ers went into halftime tied up. And I thought that that was it was strange. You you had an opportunity, and it almost felt like the the Eagles game, but in reverse, where the the Eagles the 49ers went into halftime obviously up, but it was like wow, how are we up right now? And I feel like Seattle fans are probably thinking the same thing. Wow. How are we tied right now going into halftime? Right, yeah, they just dominated them. And then finally they got that last drive, were able to go get points, and it was tied at halftime. It felt like the 49ers dominated the entire first half. Uh, A few turning points there, I think, for the offense of the 49ers. One was the interception by Jimmy G, but the other was Robbie Gold. Right before game time, all of a sudden there was conversations at midfield with the the scouting department, Kyle Shanahan, and he's talking to Gold, he's talking to Wisnowski, and it turned out that Robbie Gold has a groin injury, didn't play in the game. Mitch Wisnowski became the emergency kicker, but Kyle Shanahan didn't treat him as the emergency kicker. He just treated him like he was any old normal kicker, like he was a backup kicker, and it was perfectly normal to be to have Mitch Wisnowski in there trying extra points and trying field goals. So I thought that was really bad too. Fourth and eight, you know, it's eight yards, but man. 41-yard field goal for a guy who hasn't attempted a field goal maybe ever in his life. He didn't do it in college, didn't do it uh, as a pro, obviously. I don't know how much they go on the side and screw around. He obviously has a leg and can kick the ball, but, man, um, I I really— He does kickoffs. That's true. Uh, I really was blown away that Kyle Shanahan even put him in the the position unless it was just an emergency emergency to try an actual field goal or try extra points. I think potentially the 49ers might have left some some points on the board there, and it turns out they needed all the points they could get in this game because the offense just completely stalled out after that first drive. 
I think when it comes to field goal kicking, some of these guys, they're just kind of good at it. I don't know if you remember uh, Hard Knock some years ago. It was the Bengals. And they had Chad Ochocinco kicking, you know, he kicked some field goals in the preseason game. And there are some guys that can just kind of kick. And maybe Wisnowski was one of those guys. I would assume that Wisnowski told Kyle Shanahan that he felt comfortable kicking that field goal. He clearly missed. And what did the 49ers do the next time out? They said, we're going for a two-point conversion. Unfortunately, they had a false start, and then they had to kick it. He missed, and the 49ers stayed away from it the rest of the time. We're going for two points. So I, I, I applaud Kyle for having faith in this guy. He messed it up. Okay, that was your opportunity. Uh, now we just have to go for two the whole time. We did make the initial uh, extra point, though. He made the first one. Yeah, no, the yeah, first, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did. He did make the first one. That's right. But uh, even that should have been probably a two-point attempt. <laughs> but, like, yeah. you know, it, but I think that was him. Like, And I, it even makes more sense now where it's like, okay, we give him an opportunity to kick. Boom, he kicks. He makes it. Okay, got a little confidence. He kicks the field goal attempt. He misses. So, all right. you know. Then that's when they were like, all right, we're going to go for two. But they had the penalty, so they had to kick it. And, and then it just kind of, you know, after that, he was like, okay, we're done with that. I mean, he kicked experience. the heck out of it. He's got a strong enough leg. I mean, his 41-yard miss would have been good from 60 yards. You know, he he bombed it. Maybe not 60 yards. I don't know. But, um, you know, he's got a good leg, obviously. And we've seen him punt. And, and that's most really good NFL kickers. They're not great NFL kickers because they have a strong leg. It's because they're accurate and they can make field goals. And that's not an easy thing to do, even if you can kick the heck out of the ball. But that was just an extra wrinkle on top of everything else we saw from the 49ers in this game we're going to give out our game balls at the end of the game here um we're talking quarterbacks to start and we're going to get through some other position groups here so jimmy g overall how do you think he played and i'm pretty sure he hurt his calf on that trick play where he had to try to jump up and jimmy made a pretty darn good catch going up one-handed and pulling down uh jock patrick's throwback and then it ended up being an incomplete pass to George Kittle down the field, threw off the whole timing of the play. I'm not sure if I like that play call. I'm not sure about any of that with a, you know, a, a running back who just joined the team and hasn't been around long, and I think that was only the second time he ever touched the ball, and I don't think he came back in the game after that. But I think Jimmy might have hurt himself going up and, and making a pretty nice catch on that because he kind of hobbled, he was hobbling after that. And then he ended, it turns out he had a, a calf injury just like his buddy George Kittle, and I think he actually put George Kittle's calf sleeve on his calf on the sideline after that i've always said quarterbacks they, they have the best hands on the team uh you know they just catch so many passes just all those snaps over and over and sometimes they have some out here out here and they have to be able to reach out with one hand without even really focusing on the ball and still catch the football so they usually have good hands i like the concept of the play call the execution was just off the right. ball floated a little too long to jimmy garoppolo you saw that George Kittle had a step on Jamal Adams, a few steps, and the ball just took too long. And then Jimmy obviously doesn't have a cannon of an arm, so him throwing the ball made George Kittle have to stop. And, uh, yeah, th just the execution was poor. Execution was bad on that play. Yeah, screwed it all up timing-wise because you got to be able to get the ball back. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, quarterbacks have big, strong hands usually, and that usually – uh, is a big part of um, that's why they measure hands. You, you need to have that ball control. So having big, strong hands is good for receivers, good for running backs, good for centers, good for quarterbacks, anybody who carries the ball. Overall, Garoppolo's play after the script, and like the, the, this, the classic thing, and we see this a lot with teams that start hot. Like, could Kyle, should Kyle Shanahan script more plays, right? You go down with all these scripted plays, it looks great. No more script, no more great. Should Kyle Shanahan just like script? 
the entire game, script 50 plays in case he has that many plays to work with? You know, I, I actually liked his performance. Obviously, he threw the ball a ton in the first half, and he started off hot, then he kind of cooled down a little bit. But I thought that Seattle's defense actually kind of played well. And I'm assuming they might have a beat on what the 49ers want to do. So they were kind of on things and, and driving on passes. And, you know, because I was looking in the second day, and I'm like, oh, he's covered, he's covered, he's covered. Okay, like, what is where is Jimmy supposed to go? And uh, So I, I thought that was something – that a lot of people put on Jimmy Garoppolo, but I I just thought maybe Seattle's defense is playing well right now in those moments. Do you think that under Jimmy Garoppolo especially, Kyle Shanahan's offense right now should be humming a little bit more? There should be a little bit better... I feel like there's not really a strong connection other than Debo and Jimmy. I, I just feel like it's a little disjointed offensively. And I, I don't feel like Jimmy's throwing the ball as guys are cutting or, you know, a half a step before they make their cut. I feel like there should be a little bit more consistency, a little bit better of a connection between Garoppolo and a lot of his pass catchers. Cause he still has all his number one guys in there. He's got Ayuk in year two. He's been with George Kittle for years now. He's got use check in the backfield. Um, you know, and Debo obviously is the only guy. And, and even there is not, really timing based all that much is he's kind of open before he throws it a lot so i don't know if that's on jimmy on kyle on the receivers uh on like how snaps are divvied out through camp you know if the benching of of players and and being second team guys then first team guys or whatever has done something but i just feel like there should be a lot more timing right now with jimmy garoppolo and his receivers than i'm seeing well, that was the expectations going into this season. You know, you drafted a quarterback number three overall, and if he's not going to play, he's not going to play because you have a quarterback that's capable of being extremely efficient. And for years now, I've been waiting for Jimmy Garoppolo to become a better version of what we had seen the previous year. And so far, it's typically the same guy. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm fine with that. Maybe Kyle Shanahan knows that Jimmy Garoppolo is what he is, and there is an office that he can structure around his – uh, strengths and to where they can be efficient. But so far, I, I, it has been kind of difficult. It does seem like teams kind of have a beat on what they want to do. Again, he came out really sharp, and I would thought I would see not a six for six and a touchdown drive every time he goes out there, but just more of what that looked like. But it's actually been more of what we saw in that second quarter throughout the first four games. We do have to talk about Trey Lance. To close the book on Jimmy G, he was 14 of 23 passing, 165 yards. Uh, he was sacked one time. Uh, he had the touchdown on the first drive, then the interception. And compared to Russell Wilson, very similar numbers, except for Russ had the two touchdowns and made a really great play on the second touchdown and no interceptions. But Russell Wilson was 16 of 23 for 149 yards. So um, they, they weren't all that different except for an extra touchdown and one less interception, which is a pretty big deal. And you got to tip your cap sometimes to, to players who do well because Russ was getting crushed early. He was going to hit more often than I remember ever in a 49ers-Seahawks game. Uh, but that that sort of Houdini spin out of a sack that he had and threw a touchdown, that was like you know vintage Russell Wilson always finding some kind of magic against the 49ers. I want to talk a little bit more about how this game ended. Second half obviously belonged to Trey Lance. Let's talk Trey Lance, talk a little bit more 49 ers Seahawks week four next. All right, 49ers fans, there's an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. 
Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's 50 cents cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. And there's no catch. GetUpside has a deal with certain gas stations and grocery stores. and They get more business from those of you that use the GetUpside app and you get cash back when you shop. It's a win-win. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card. Super easy. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that bonus of up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of Trey Lance's performance, his first extended playing time for the San Francisco 49ers in a regular season game, at what point did you think, uh-oh, when it came to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks? Was it the end of the first half when they had the touchdown drive and they weren't able to capitalize on dominating early in the game? And you thought, oh, no, here we go. This is one of those Russell Wilson games, and, and it's the nemesis for a reason. I didn't think, uh-oh, until Trey Lance came in. <laughs> you know, And I've been saying that all along. I, you know, I watched a lot of other quarterbacks and some of the things that they were going through, and I watched Trey Lance in the preseason, and I thought, it would look like what we've seen from some of the other rookie quarterbacks. So that was my first uh-oh moment. I do think when it was 7-7, I don't want to say I had an uh-oh moment, but I had like a, that's not ideal. And that definitely bodes well for Seattle more than it does San Francisco with how much better San Francisco played throughout the first half. Yeah, and like I said, you got to tip your cap. Sometimes there's good players on the other side, and I think Seattle sort of buckled down on defense especially and and started figuring things out on offense and started playing well. I think part of the part of the the offense defense, you know, um complementary football thing is that 49ers started going three and out a bunch, giving the ball back, which means their defense was on the field a lot. And I think that slowed down their pass rush and slowed down their defense and then you get those things all working together. And it doesn't bode as well for your team as it did very early in the game for the 49ers that were dominating, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, how, and, and real quick, one more note on the Seahawks here. How about that route from DK Metcalf? He, he's had a couple routes this year where he's, okay. proven, he's proven the doubters wrong, especially when it comes to that whole three-cone thing, that he can't change directions. He's not a battleship. Uh, he, can, he can run some routes, and he's really good on those like slant-type routes, too. Like, he can dominate those just like he can dominate a nine route. It was a terrific route. And my first reaction was, wow, that was a great route. And then my second reaction was, it was against a linebacker. So, you know, if you're a receiver. I know it was, and, it was against Ward, are, wasn't it? Wasn't it against safety? Yeah, it was against the safety. It was against, a, or uh, excuse me, a linebacker, number 51. Al Shair? Oh, I thought Al Shair yeah. was the one that came up. I thought it was Ward because it was Ward and Al Shair on the tackle. For some reason, I thought Ward was the one in coverage. Yeah, it was on a linebacker. Yeah, no. so it was a pretty route, though, still. But it was a great route with just the, the movements of it, how he kind of got outside of his frame to really sail the out, then come back in. Uh, I, I thought that was a terrific job, especially, like you said, for someone that everybody says is a battleship, can't turn left, can't turn right. I lied. One more note on the Seahawks on the defensive side of the ball. Bobby Wagner, I think he leads the league in tackles by a large margin. He's just everywhere all the time, always making tackles. And I think Jamal Adams is right there, too. They both had 10-plus tackles last week. Jamal Adams made a big play on that throw to George Kittle in the end zone late in the game to knock it up. Great timing 
there. So, um, yeah, uh, props to the Seattle Seahawks defense for buckling down, and they did start to play a lot better. So I think the Niners started playing worse, and the Seahawks started playing better. Uh, and I think both of those things lent to where this game went after the, the domination of the 49ers very early on. Okay, Trey Lance. He came in in the second half, played the entire half of football as the 49ers quarterback. We'll see if he's the starter going forward. If he gives that job ever back to Jimmy Garoppolo, if Jimmy's healthy, is he going to lead the team next week? Uh, a lot of questions there. But let's talk Trey Lance, who ended up being 9 of 18, passing for 157 yards, a couple of touchdowns there, and ended up with a the highest passer rating in this game, actually, 117.1 for quarterbacks. And it looked bad. It looked bad until that last drive, uh, except for the long touchdown, which was a freebie and a, and a completely broken coverage by the Seahawks. You, as a former corner, what did you see on that coverage? What happened there on that wheel route to Debo? Why was that so wide open? You know, I wasn't even paying attention to it. I was looking at everything else and how the ball traveled to him. I'm like, okay, it kind of floated. But there are times, especially in maybe like a cover three or a different type of quarters that sometimes the outside guy, and this is just me kind of talking about what, what could have happened. I didn't watch that spe- specific play, how he ended up open. But if you squeeze one in route, sometimes that underneath defender is supposed to go with the wheel. And there are a lot of times where they get locked in on playing in that slot and don't go with the wheel route. So uh, that could be how he just was so wide open. I don't. What, what did number one run? Uh, uh, that was sort of like a, a little dig or a little in route. Yep. And so yeah, so the outside guy probably squeezed that. Yeah, he the did. underneath guy who probably was at first going with the out. Once you wheel up, he has to carry that as well. Yep. Typically, and, and Jamal Adams in the middle of the play is like pointing because nobody's there, and I don't know who he's pointing at, and I don't know if he's pointing at the safety that's supposed to be over the top or if it was the corner who was not supposed to carry that inside-breaking route. But uh, he was wide open, and yeah, that throw was sort of an arm punt, but I think that was more like Trey Lance, just don't miss this throw I just because he is wide yeah. open, and that's all he needed to do, and that was the touchdown. But aside from that play, which was a gimme, the Trey Lance offense was awful until the very last drive and you called it right before that drive even happened on Twitter you called it Croc so what was the reason that Trey Lance started to look more comfortable because he was missing he was inaccurate it was a little bit worrisome how inaccurate he was throwing it below guys feet and, and missing wide receivers by 10 yards it's like oh my god what is this what is going on right now this does not look good for Trey Lance but it looked like he really settled in before that last drive do you think maybe nerves do you think maybe he was pressing earlier? He did seem like he was maybe a little bit uncomfortable, and then it kind of started to flow there at the very, very end. Yeah, and again, we've seen this from most of these quarterbacks not named uh, uh, Mac Jones, right, where they are just – they're missing. Everything is moving extremely fast for them. They're, they're a little settled, unsettled. Just last week, Justin Fields came in the game and had a net passing yard, one net passing yard. Yeah, one passing, <laughs> one net passing yard and, after his sacks. He was sacked and, a million and times. And was sacked nine times. And he was sacked Mac, nine times, one net passing yard. Mac Jones didn't so, even look that good the last week either. And that game's about to start here on Sunday Night Football. And I have a feeling he's not going to fare extremely well against the Buccaneers too. So yeah, it's been a rough go for all the rookie quarterbacks. So Trey yeah, Lance so, looking bad for a quarter isn't really that big a deal compared to what's going on with some of his peers. It's, it's not in the sense of he did not, he was not prepped to be the starter. So he already has these issues of like the other guys, maybe the game moving too fast for them, not knowing exactly what they're seeing. And we saw him in preseason where we saw a lot of what we saw today, right? Like when, when it's good, great, good job. You see all the ability that he has when it's bad. You just see these random misses, really bad misses. And 
as long as the game is moving fast for him, it's, those things are going to kind of happen. Now, how do you improve on that? You improve on it by playing. He doesn't have to play, though, because typically there's Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of him. But when you don't prepare, like you're not even the guy that they prepare for the game, backups don't get a lot of reps. He might get some reps in whatever package Kyle Shanahan might call for him. But in the sense of calling a game and just being like, all right, everything is yours, he hasn't had those type of reps in practice, not to that extent. So I expected it to look like what we saw because that was what we saw in preseason as well. Now, on that last drive, I expected it to look better because if there's one thing I've noticed with Trey Lance, even in the preseason, when those two-minute drives and things like that, when he can just kind of just play and his athleticism can take over, that playmaking ability can just take over, it always looked good. And I thought it was going to happen on that drive where, all right, you might play a little bit softer defense. Uh, you know, you can play fast. The, the defense has to be much simpler uh, because, you know, the offense is moving so fast. I thought from that standpoint, he would be able to take advantage of it just with his ability, his arm. And I thought it would he wouldn't have a chance to think in between plays and start thinking about the moment. He just had to play. And I said, he's going to do well on this drive. It ended up leading to a touchdown. So a lot of good things that I saw on that drive, including the drive throw over the middle to George Kittle that was almost caught. Yeah. Tough pass, tough catch. But it was good to just see him take those type of chances. Yeah, I almost had the touchdown pass to George Kittle, laid it on him. That was a beautiful throw. Um, Debo Samuel ended up with the touchdown reception. Uh, I thought there was a really nice scramble by Trey Lance where he made some moves in the backfield and then took Fourth off for the first down. Yeah, that was, a, that was a fantastic play, just an athlete being an athlete there. So definitely some positives to take away. And it was really nice to see, even if it wasn't you know a game-winning drive or anything like that, it was really nice for him to, to put that out there. For first of all, to calm fans down, to see an offense move well with him in there, and probably for himself, just to calm himself down a little bit, and we'll see if he, you know, game plans for himself to be the starter next week. We saw what what Justin Fields looked like in his first game playing, and or actually in the, when he first took over for Andy Dalton in like the second quarter of the Bengals game, mm -hmm. and kind of what he looked like in that, and it was just like ah, a lot of running. He, he, he just like time, tucked and right? run, and like, then, uh, like 10 and then times. he started the second game, and he actually got a chance to prepare for it. And it still was like, oh, man, this is so bad. But then you watch them today, and it might have been just what the doctor ordered. You know, they had to play against the Lions, whose defense isn't great. But you got a chance to see, like, okay, I'm. this is my basically my third game. I'm prepared for it, start to settle down, and start to make some of the throws that people know I can make. And I would expect if Trey Lance continued to play, you're still going to see some of what we saw today. That's not just going to go away. But you should see – improvement um, from game to game game balls to get to here i've got a couple of names it was harder to find game balls to give out i think after this game than the last couple of weeks uh, partially because of how this game went for the 49ers i want to talk a little bit about the defensive side of the ball for san francisco as well we'll finish up this rapid react podcast from week four and have a ton more to break down from this game later in the week, but let's finish up this late Sunday evening, early Monday morning episode, depending on where in the world you are and where you are listening from next. Has it been a struggle to find what channel, what streaming device you need to get everything situated for you while you're watching football? Maybe you've got a kid that needs to watch something else while you're watching your football to keep them occupied while you focus on the game. Got highlights going over here. Got one game over here. Someone's trying to watch the show over there. Maybe you don't remember the logins. Uh, you're sharing your neighbor's, sister's, whatever. Uh, DirecTV Stream can 
get this all situated for you. And I'm sure you've had those struggles over the first month of the football season. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And best part is no annual contract. It's called Direct TV Streams. And it brings your live tea and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place, as it should be. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Whether it's specialty flavors like the new marshmallowy puff built bars or the recently released cookie dough chunk or all of their original flavors, peanut butter being my favorite, cherry barcia has actually grown on me quite a bit as well as has mint brownie. I always like anything sweet that involves mint. Double chocolate, salted caramel, or coconut, whatever your flavor, there's something for everyone at Built. Dot com high in protein and low in sugar and all the good things you want in a snack and 15% cheaper because you are a listener to this podcast just use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com not sure what flavor you want to get a box of we'll get a mix box maybe you skipped lunch before or after a workout maybe you need a pick-me-up maybe uh, just a quick bite before the back nine instead of grabbing whatever sausage roll whatever stuff you're gonna eat while you're on the golf course actually give yourself some protein and some power through the back nine and not feel weighted down by a massive meal and then go beat your buddies out there on the golf course again that's 15 percent off promo code locked 15 at built.com let's talk defense they dominated. Like they were hitting Russell Wilson like I've never seen before. And it slowed down. And we've seen this multiple games now this week from the 49ers where their defense really starts out hot. And it's a, you know, all gas, no break situation early. And it sort of peters out a little bit. Is it just the the snap count and they can't keep up that intensity? Do you think there's game script stuff happening here? Uh, what are you seeing with the 49ers defense right now? I thought the Seattle Seahawks did a really good job of sticking with the run game. So what ended up happening is 49ers played a little bit more too high than they probably would like to because of the threat of those guys on the outside and the big ball, which they didn't give up the big ball today. That was terrific to see. But now you have less guys versus the run. So what they started doing was kind of giving up some plays on the ground. And then Seattle started working the big boot play actions off of that, and they didn't really have a pass rush. So then when they started seeing like, okay, we have to disregard the the run because we're getting killed on these big bootlegs or these big um, play action passes. Well, then that's when they started getting gashed more in the run game. So it was kind of like a pick your poison. I, I think the only way that the 49ers can really improve on that is to really just tighten down on the back end, be able to play eight guys in the box. And then I think from that standpoint, they should have more uh, success throughout the game. But that, that's kind of what I saw the difference was between first half and second half. And it was good to the see the, the team effort up front early, too. I mean, D Ford was in on a bunch of plays. He did have the offsides, which is like his thing. I don't know what it is with D Ford and the offsides, but that's going back to his days in Kansas City. Uh, Bosa obviously involved, especially early, a ton. Uh, we got to see Mo Hurst for the first time, and he had a tackle for loss there. That was a nice little boost for the interior of the defensive line, I think. Uh, Armstead. 
but um, and Kinlaw and Kinlaw left the game like with an injury. Maybe he was just cramping. Uh, he was trying to chase Russell Wilson down on a long scramble, um, but uh, he was in the backfield as well. So it was a team effort there. A lot of different players getting involved, pressuring the quarterback, tackles for loss. Emmanuel Mosley with the tackle for loss. I like the way he fires off at the at the running game as well. So um, Emmanuel Mosley's really just been impressive for me the last couple of weeks here for the 49ers and then as you mentioned they were playing a certain brand of uh defense in the secondary as well and I think that's that's what's tough against Russell Wilson too and in the Seattle Seahawks so if you've got to stay over the top if you got to play a lot of too high then Russell Wilson can get loose we saw him scramble for a big gain we saw the uh the near sack from Dante Johnson that he squirmed out of and then made a nice like it was uh, and it looked what I think happened on that play is he saw where he wanted to go right and then Dante Johnson got there, so he had to spin out of it, but he went right back to where his read was. Is that what it looked like to you on that play? Like, he already knew he was, he wasn't like he found that wide receiver open after he spun. He just knew he had to get back there to that player because he saw something happening, and then he made the throw in the corner of the end zone for the touchdown. That was a backbreaker. That was a really great play by him. But um, And in the end, the 49ers defense just didn't have quite enough. But I think they should have had enough if the offense did their job, especially in the first half, right? Early on, yeah. Early on, 49ers, they get some points. Even if they make connect on that 41-yard field goal, I think the, just the feel and dynamic of that game is a little bit different. Alshai, a lot was put on the linebackers in this game. We talked about Bobby Wagner with his 10 tackles. Uh, Alshair matched him with his 10 combined tackles. He had a tackle for a loss. Fred Warner with a tackle for a loss and nine total tackles. So the 49ers linebackers have been very busy, and I've been impressed. I like Aziz Alshair. I think Aziz Alshair is a better football player and deserves to continue to be the starter over Drake Greenlaw when Greenlaw's healthy. I think Shair's just better. Do you do you feel that way? I don't know about better, but I do. I definitely feel like they are more interchangeable than most people would think. Mm-hmm. I think they both uh, serve a purpose. They probably both have their ups and downs, but he's been pretty steady whenever he's in the game. Emmanuel Mosley, I guess we could segue this into our game balls because we gave Emmanuel Mosley a game ball last week and he played really well again. I love that play where he was beat by DK Metcalf but stuck with it and chased him down. And maybe if it was a perfect pass, it could have still been completed. And uh, I saw some Seahawks fans on Twitter that were mad that he still didn't come down with that catch, DK Metcalf, but it was really good play by Mosley to play catch up and get in there and break it up. That was more about Mosley breaking it up, I think, in the end than, say, a drop by DK, right? Great eye discipline. Now, maybe... And I don't even think it was so much underthrown. I think it was Russell Wilson throws that big moon ball. And it just had a little bit too much air to where a guy like Emmanuel Mosley, who has speed, was able to catch back up. But he did a terrific job of having great eye discipline. All right. When you're beat like that, he'll beat by a few steps on the double move. Terrific job. Obviously, DK Metcalf is an extremely explosive player. But he chased him down, did not look back. You look back, it's going to slow you down. Went. Played through the hands, worked to play through the hands, and did a terrific job breaking up that pass. So that was awesome to see. That was fantastic. Um, I want to give a game ball to Debo Samuel. Oh, that was a game ball, by the way. Oh, yeah, that was a game ball for uh, for Emmanuel Mosley. Yeah. He deserves it. Emmanuel Mosley's been huge, especially with the injury. There, there were Ray. other plays, too. I mean, you, you brought up that play, but slant routes, he's breaking up passes. I thought he tackled well. I'll say that one missed one on the screen, but, yeah. you know, DK is elite as well. So uh, He know, came down on that. Gonna, I think that was his yeah. tackle for a loss, too, uh, on a run play where they uh, – I think it was maybe Ward. I'm not sure who strung the play out, but he came, uh, he came off his block and just fired down downhill and tackled the running back for a loss and so uh, I love seeing that from Emmanuel Mosley he's a, he's an explosive little dude right 
I think they can give him more responsibility. I, I, at this point, he has to be the like just travel. Like, and maybe he's not <laughs> yeah. going to be. I mean, maybe he's not that dude, and not a shutdown guy or anything. But he's their best corner. It's clear, and I, I would want him to be on the the opposing team's best guy. Yeah, I do think the guys. Everybody's been so hard on the 49ers cornerbacks, but they have played well. I don't know that they've been the issue. That's true. No, I, I think they've they've at worst outplayed expectations for what you would think they would be playing like, and they've got beaten a couple times. But I think they've played all right. And I think been. yeah, some PIs, and and that's Drake yeah. Kirkpatrick's thing. He got hit for one today, and I think he had. Some, I saw some absurd number for how many PIs he's given up over the last few years or whatever. Like he's just some guys just. Some guys just default to grabbing, and he his PI today was like, you didn't have to grab his shoulders, but you did. And so I don't know why he did that. But uh, anyway, I think 49ers secondary, and, and I think partially because the the veteran safeties, right, has probably helped out the corners quite a bit, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with that, Croc. Um, I, I do want to give a game ball, and this is the easiest game ball to give out in this entire game, is Debo Samuel. Eight catches, 156 yards receiving, two touchdowns. One was kind of a freebie, but he earned a lot as well. And at some point, it's like, look, he took a carry. Um, I didn't like that fly sweep, by the way, on fourth and two. That was a terrible play call by Kyle Shanahan. I think we're going to have to have some conversations about Kyle Shanahan, uh, the head coach. And a lot of people are already having those conversations. We're not going to have time for that conversation today, but stay tuned tomorrow. And I have a feeling that we're going to get some uh, tweets about that for tomorrow's program. But Debo Samuel, they even put him uh, back to return kicks. It's like you have to find something else that works beside Debo Samuel on offense right now. Uh, But he is working, and he continues to work. Two more touchdowns. He had the 76-yarder, eight catches, 156 yards, and uh, he's balling out. And if if anybody is the MVP of the team, I think, so far this year, it's probably Debo Samuel. Yeah, well, speaking of game balls, and I told you I only have one more, but I actually have two more. Trey Sermon. Everybody was so down and out about Trey Sermon. I thought he ran extremely well, this game, he ran hard. He was hitting holes fast, pause. Um, he did a really good job, uh, really just with his vision. He ran through some arm tackles. Um, I know he either had 100 or close was close to having over 100 yards rushing. I thought Trey Sermon, especially with how everybody talked bad about him, that he did a terrific job running the ball. 19 carries for 89 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. I think one thing that's clear about the 49ers run game right now is they're lacking the big play element because it's been a big play yeah. running game, and they're not having that. I mean, Trey Sermon did have, what, a 15-yarder. Um, Lance had a nice little scamper. There was Jacquez Patrick had a couple of carries, but you know nobody else really carried the ball as a running back except for Trey Sermon in the last two games. And that is one thing that – the 49ers have lacked is is the big plays ripping off those 60 yard runs and they just have not had that the last few weeks and and it's kind of been a necessity now that you look back for 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 a Kyle Shanahan offense to have those big runs and they they haven't had those but Trey Sermon's been fine 4.7 yards per carry so I'm glad you I'm glad you brought him up because we didn't talk about the run game at all and he deserved it Jock Patrick with that little kind of spin and scoot kind of backed his way up over the first down line that was it didn't look great, uh, and then he b- b- botched the the throwback. So uh, I don't know if that was just a guy that hadn't worked in a lot, but it was odd. I wonder if like maybe Kyle wanted to use that play call was the perfect time, and expected Sermon to be in the game, but but maybe Sermon was tired, and so Patrick was in the game accidentally on that flea flicker. Do you think that's possible? Yeah. Like a possibility? Definitely a possibility, but I don't know. They've run that toss. A good amount showed it on film in the previous games, so maybe they just want. Hey, it just looks like this toss again. It's like, oh, psych, we're throwing it back. Just again, poor execution. <laughs> yeah, 
<sighs> All right, I think I'm out. I, you know what? I'm going to give one to Nick Bosa. I'm yeah. going to give a game ball to Nick Bosa. He's all over the place. He's got attention, and, and I think that's part of, and, and I tweeted before the game too, if Nick Bosa is going to get so much attention, he's going to get double teams, he's going to get chipped, that should leave other one-on-ones on the defensive line so other guys have to win, and other guys did win today. Um, but Nick Bosa is really the, the thing that, that drives it all, and he hit Russell Wilson three times, three official quarterback hits. I want to wait for those PFF grades to come out and see how many official pressures he had, but he was active, and, and you know he's a problem for opposing defenses, and maybe he's not quite at the dominant level, and I think he's still working back and getting better and better, but you see those flashes of like, okay, this guy's about to take the game over, and I think he's just going to get better as the year goes on, and, and another sack for him too. So um, a solid yeah, start to the season good. for Nick Bosa, but he yeah. needs some help up front, and he got more help this week. D4, D4 got a sack. Ken Law got a sack. That mm-hmm. was good to see. I want to give a game ball. Actually, I, I want to take a game ball away from somebody that didn't even get a game ball, but Cannon on the on the kick return. Like, bro, yeah. what are you doing? That was like weird. That was terrible. And on the you, coverage. You, you fumbled one. You, you tried to make up. You dove. It got punched out. Then the next one, you, it bounces on the one, and you're thinking it's going to go in the end zone. It doesn't. Then you have to dive on it. That, that was tough. And you got your rookie quarterback now having to try to kind of go out there. One, now he's down more points. Two, you got bad field positioning, so that was bad. And then you have something to say because I, I actually have a game ball to give out. Oh, do you, you have a game ball to give out with it? I just want to talk about Cannon and, yeah, the fumble. Obviously, that was a huge play in that game. Um, and then the the punt from Wisnowski that he could have downed at the two but, like, didn't know the rules? Like, how long you been playing football? You can't yeah. roll into the end zone with that place. So, and I don't know what happens. Coverage units, these guys are nuts. Uh, maybe, Croc, like, you you have some insight there. I know you weren't a big special teams guy because you're a prima donna. But, um, like, dude. <laughs> I just wasn't good at it. <laughs> I've always noticed, like, you see these guys running down the field. Like, do they just, like, snort a bunch of lines of coke and go out there? Because they're always out of their minds. It's like, what are you guys doing? Just calm down and play the game. It's not that hard. You should know the rules when your only job is to play special teams your entire life yeah and he's been good on special teams i think today was just it was just a bad game i've noticed him before he had a nice kickoff return i thought he had some good kick coverage uh plays and people were thinking like oh man is this like raheem moster all over again and then uh it's like no not so much didn't look too good today but we'll see if he rebounds from that but but speaking of rebounding and i want to give my last game ball to trey lance a guy who had to come into the game cold with no you know, real preparation for this game to have an extended role. And it started off ugly, maybe one of five passes, uh, completed one out of his first, like, five passes. Obviously, one was a touchdown, but it looked bad. He was throwing the ball all over the place. And it was really good to see him kind of settle down, come back. And, again, we talked about the circumstances. A little bit soft to defense, but still just the playmaking ability that showed through, making plays with his legs, made some plays with his legs just to make a play with his arm. We had some of the misses, but – if he has to play again this week coming up, I'd expect for them to game plan more for him and things be a little bit cleaner. There's still going to be the misses. We might see that for the next year or two, but I'd assume that he'd be a little bit better. But it was good to see him kind of get back to that, finish off, like you said, I mean, the highest pass for any quarterback somehow in this game. But just to get his first action, man, and, and, and kind of get that monkey off his back. And hopefully that allows him to kind of settle down a little bit and into this next game if he plays 
and just kind of build up a little bit more confidence. That that's what I want to see. But it, it was a good ending to the game for for him. Not so much the team because the 49ers still lost. Right. Yeah. And continue to build that foundation slowly. It's it's a long process to develop as an NFL quarterback. He's a really young guy, uh, and it's it's he's going to need to continue to get some reps. I think that's pretty key. But I think we've learned a lesson from all the other rookie quarterbacks this year. Some of them look really bad, but a lot of them are, are coming back and playing better here in Week Four. Zach Wilson. We saw Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson play Jets well? got their first win. He made that nice throw and even directing traffic and hitting. Corey Davis for a touchdown late in that game. Uh, we saw the Jaguars give this, the Bengals all they could handle on Thursday night. That looked a lot better. Uh, Justin Fields looked a ton better um, against uh, the Lions this week than he did last week. So um, all of those things are important. It takes time. And so it's, you know, it's way too early. I saw some fans get really freaked out when he started missing some passes in this game. Don't worry so much about Trey Lance right now. It's going to be Don't a process. Don't worry about it. It's a long there, process. There were games, Josh Allen's rookie year, where he threw for 80 Awful. yards, multiple yeah, games. Really bad. Like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. it. It was actually one of the better uh, games for rookie quarterback so far this year uh, from a statistical standpoint. And just some plays that he made, and even some of the plays he didn't make, loved him making plays with his legs. It's going to come around. Be patient. It will take time. It's not just magically going to get better. Though. And you hope, and I think one of the big keys, this is this is one of the things with Trey Lance, why they liked him, is from the neck up, he seems like he's beyond his years, beyond his 21 years, and he didn't fold with how bad things looked in that game when he was first in there, and he came back and, and finished the game strong. So I think that's a positive thing for him to build on for sure. Yep, definitely. All right, and we'll be back tomorrow. Give us your questions at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. We'll have another Winky Wednesday. We'll start looking ahead to the Cardinals, who, by the way, looked pretty darn good and are now atop the NFC West at 4-0, beating the Rams this week. Uh, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good games to come, and a lot of good podcasts to come. And thanks, everybody. If you are listening to us bright and early Monday morning for uh, for making us the first podcast you listen to every day, and we'll be back tomorrow right here. Locked on 49ers. Trey area.